You're listening to episode 115 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. This week, I am serving up a dose of law of attraction, self-love, mindset, flow versus force, and beyond with the change catalyst, Visa Shanmugan. Visa grew up in a traditional conservative Indian family. At 21, after an arranged marriage, she and her husband moved to the United States. It was a difficult time in her life, and Visa struggled to find her place in the world. On top of this, she was diagnosed with a life-altering autoimmune disease in her early 20s. Visa went from living with a debilitating diagnosis and in fear and depression that went along with it to now living a life and career of her dreams. Because of her life experiences, she has a unique take on helping women shift from feeling like a powerless spectator of their life to becoming a powerful creator of their future. Applying radical self-love and spirituality principles, Visa guides her clients in identifying the patterns, pressures, and self-loathing that's holding them back so that they can lead a fulfilling, engaged, and meaningful life. If something resonates with you during this week's episode, I invite you to share it with me by taking a screenshot and sharing it with me on Instagram, tag me in it at mindbizlife, or send me a DM, or share this episode with a friend or family member. Sharing is how we increase our reach, and it's how you can help us get the podcast into the homes, cars, and earbuds of many. Are you ready to meet Visa? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up, let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business, and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hey everyone, it's Lauren Smith. Welcome back to another episode. Today's guest is Visa Shanmugan, and Visa describes herself as a change catalyst for professional women who are highly accomplished yet find themselves chasing happiness. She helps them shift their mindset, speed up success while slowing down life, and get them out of their heads and dive deep into their hearts. Hi, Visa. Welcome to the show. I'm so happy that despite the current pandemic, you are still able to join me for our call. Are you kidding me? I've been so excited about talking to another human. <laughs> I know, right? I'm starting to get to that point too. At least another adult human. Yes, yes. Sometimes you can only get so much from your kids. Yep. Aside from my husband and my kids, you're probably the first person I'm talking to in a while. Oh, well, hey, I think that might be mutual as well too. And I just have to say, I'm also thankful for Mac Monroe, who's been a frequent guest on the podcast, he connected us. And let me tell you, Mac always connects me to the best people. So I know this conversation is about to be a goodie. Oh, thanks, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> well, just from the bio that you shared with me, I think it's fair to say that you've had quite the life journey. Will you share with us a little bit about yourself and what got you to this point in life? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in India, the UK, and I've lived in the US for the longest period of my life. Mm. And I was a good Indian girl, very conservative family. I was a rule follower. Um, and I did all the things that you're supposed to do growing up, right? Go to college. I got an MBA, started my corporate career. And fortunately or unfortunately, I got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease that kind of robbed me of my 20s. And I really struggled with joint inflammation and just chronic health issues. I went from being a really healthy 21-year-old to laying in bed most of the time. Wow. So I went through quite the spiral of depression, trying to figure out my place in the world when I was so dependent all of a sudden on my new husband. 
So for 11 years, I swallowed pill after pill after pill. And something happened after I had my second baby. I just thought enough is enough. I can't see myself at the age of 65. I happen to be lucky enough to live that long, swallowing this many pills in a day. I don't know whether my body can take it. Yeah. And that was kind of my awakening, that very first inner talk I had that went away from the negative to the positive side of, I wonder what's out there for me. Mm-hmm. And so I went down this rabbit hole of researching doctors and other treatments. I, for the first time in my life, I went against the grain and did my own thing. I asked my husband for his support and I was like, let's spend all this money. Let's go see a private doctor that's going to help me change my life. And it was a big risk that we took. But six months after I made that decision, my life looked entirely different. I was off of most of my meds. Um, My energy levels were back up. My mental fog had cleared. I mean, it was just such a deep physical transformation. Mm. And um, after that, I decided to start my own business. That in itself was an evolution. Um, one, One thing led to another. I ended up in network marketing which for people listening, I mean, it is a gateway to personal development. That's what network Mm. marketing did for me. I realized how much self-hatred and self-judgment I carried for myself, even though it had the most stable life in terms of parents and friends and money and things like that. And once I hired my first life coach, I was addicted. (laughs) It was just such a different way of thinking and believing and living. I felt like I had freed myself from this inner cage I was living Mm -hmm. in. And that eventually led to me becoming a mindset coach myself, because I realized that so many people live a jaded life on the outside. It looks like a great life, but on the inside, so many of us suffer quietly. Mm. Wow. That is so powerful. Has since your mindset shift, have you noticed anything physically different within your body? Maybe even how your autoimmune disease, like maybe it flares up or how you're controlling it. Like, did your, did your mindset almost help you in that way of, I don't want to say balancing because I, I, I tend to steer clear of the word balance, but I think I have to use it. Balancing your, what's going on in your physical body with, with how your mental reaction is to everything. 100%. I remember when I was physically debilitated, that would be so much judgment and self-hatred against my own body. Yeah. I would just hate it so much. Like, why am I the only one in my entire family to suffer such a thing, right? Mm. But once I started growing my, like looking into my mindset and shifting my thoughts and my beliefs, I started embracing my body more, being kinder to it. And as I started doing more of the spiritual work, like meditation and inner child healing, I noticed that I was actually able to free myself of a lot of the physical limitations. So I, right now I don't take any meds in none of the prescription meds. And so I know that, you know, 60% of my healing came from changing my physical lifestyle, my diet, my nutrition, et cetera. But I know the other 40% of the healing has come from all the spiritual mindset work Mm. that I have done. I can imagine that there are people right now who, Oh my goodness. They are probably forced to slow down in this current state of world. Things can be, a, I don't know, a challenge for people to really have to change their pace. And especially for those who are used to a hustling fast life, it's almost like they depend on that hustle to kind of escape the reality or not have to slow down and think about mindfully, think about their life. And slowing down can be a big difference. What do you think people right now who are listening and they're like, okay, coronavirus has me inside. My entire life has changed. Now I'm forced to sit with my thoughts. 
what can they do to add to their daily life to enable more flow and ease? I think looking for um, stillness. That's, I know we're already being forced to be still, right? More Mm -hmm. still than we have been before. But I think embracing that, welcoming it into our life instead of looking at it as a burden. Um, so meditation will help a huge amount, even if you are brand new to meditation and it scares you. Um, one of the best resources is YouTube. If you don't know who Jay Shetty is, he's doing a 20 day meditation, like free meditation, 10 minutes a day. It is amazing. I myself, I'm doing it mm. and it is so peaceful just for those 10 minutes. He focuses, he brings your body and your mind together right? Yeah. Because oftentimes our body is ahead of our mind or our mind is ahead of our body. And that in itself causes a lot of conflict within us. Yeah. So that's one thing. The other thing is how can you include more play into your life right now? Ah, Play is so important. If you have little kids that can be especially challenging now, I'm sure we're all getting into more arguments than ever because we are being forced to be with each other all the time. There's no break. But your kids are the best leaders when it comes to playfulness. Mm-hmm. Follow their lead. When they ask you to come play with them, make it in a way that you also can enjoy it. So my boys are into Legos and I cannot stand Legos. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll sit with them and I'll just watch them play. And it's just fascinating, their imagination, you know? And just try to make everything as fun as possible. So last night we had charades with all our family members around the country. And we figured oh, out how to do that tech-wise. How cool. Yeah, it was so much fun. We had people from the UK, we had West Coast, we had East Coast. It was awesome. Wow, how cool. How did you guys figure that out? Were you using like FaceTime or, or something like that? Well, because of my own business, I have Zoom, right? Yeah. So I just sent out the Zoom link. So everybody Perfect. was video. And then there is an online website that automatically generates words for you to act out. Oh, how cool. You guys are brilliant. You need to share this. This is about to go viral. (laughs) Yeah, we played 90 minutes. All the kids, like even my six-year-old took part. It was so fun. Wow, that is so good. I love those two, meditate and play, because that's almost fundamental, but yet we can, we overlook it so easily. I know with meditation, though, a lot of people, they can get hesitant because they find their minds wandering so much. Do you find it's easiest to start with a guided meditation, such as one with with Jay Shetty, who can kind of guide you through the process? Absolutely. If you find meditation daunting and you beat yourself up because your thoughts wander every three seconds, then guided meditation is the best because they're literally telling you what to think about and what to focus on. Mm. And I was blown away by Jay Shetty's day one meditation. Actually, I was crying by the end of it. Wow. (laughs) I need to check this out. I, I love a good meditation challenge because it also holds you accountable too. So Sometimes I know I need that in life. Like I, I need accountability. Sometimes I can do that with myself, but other times it's, it's a challenge and it almost requires you to show up in a different way. Absolutely. And especially, you know, as we live and experience this pandemic, life is so uncertain from day to day. Like mm-hmm. nobody knows what's going on, right? No one. Yeah. And we can, we can look at the news and completely feel panicked and overwhelmed and depressed because nobody has any answers. And what's happening is we're looking for certainty outside of us. We're mm-hmm. looking to feel certain by the news, which is not happening. Right. So meditation allows you to feel cer- certain, even if it's only for 15 to 20 minutes within, right? That's where yeah. certainty starts. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And that's why meditation is so key, especially during this time, Mm 
because we are losing ourselves based on all the news that's flowing in. Instead, why don't you turn within and find for yourself what feels certain within you? Yeah, get that chat, the outside chatter out of your head and going within, you are sure to find a whole depth of yourself that you probably weren't consciously aware of. Absolutely. Our inner self, our higher self, you know, is always trying to communicate with us. Mm. There's so much, so much outside chatter that it drowns that out because it is quiet. It whispers a lot. It doesn't yell and shout to grab our attention. So the only way to hear our higher self, our creative self that has these genius ideas is to get still and it's to get quiet. Uh, I know that when we got on the call, we, we were chatting and we have kids who are the similar age. And of course, this is also a time where parents have their kids at home and many are now homeschooling in a sense, which requires a level of patience that some people may struggle with. They may tend to yell or snap at their kids and then feel guilty afterwards because that's not really how they want it to act in the moment. What can we do to be a better, more patient parent? One is to take time for yourself. Mm. I think a lot of us lash out on our kids and you know we don't have the patience that we wish we had with them is because we haven't given anything for ourselves. Yeah. So if it's getting up and moving your body 10 minutes before they wake up, do that. If it's having a quiet cup of coffee, do that. Like you have to fill your cup first mm. and then give yourself grace. Like don't try to do everything perfectly, right? I think we all tend to fall into this trap of, I have to homeschool them and do it as good as school so they don't maybe fall behind when they get back to school. Yeah. Take that idea out. And just, you know, they're just little kids. They have no, maybe not no idea, but they have, they're very confused right now. And for me, what I've found is one, I get on my knees and talk to them on an eye to eye level, right? And then it's just to give yourself lots and lots of grace and to go with the flow. Like last Friday, you know, we have a loose schedule. Monday through Thursday went pretty decent. Friday, my six-year-old refused to do anything on that schedule. Mm. And you just have to let it go. Yeah, you just, you don't fight it. Just go with the flow. Because like us, we, you know, we have our own intuition. Our kids have their own intuition. Yeah. And they're actually better in tune with their intuition than we are. It's also kind of, it, you know, some days you just wake up and you don't feel like doing something, <laughs> you know, exactly. like I thought I was going to get all this work done today, but I woke up and I'm not really feeling it. So sometimes it's okay that we give ourselves that permission, but we forget that our kids need to have that permission too. Absolutely. So yes, one start with being more patient with yourself, give yourself more time, mm. which then will reflect with your kids. And then when we judge ourselves less for being less than perfect, then we'll tend to judge our kids less for being less than perfect, right? It's always a mirror of what's going on within yourself, always. What do you do to kind of fill your cup up? I, right now, I, well, before the pandemic, I used to meditate for like an hour in the morning or some part of my day. Now I have to break it up into like three 15-minute bursts. Yeah. Um, I that's one of the main ways I fill my cup. And then I have to move my body. So every other day, thank God we have a gym downstairs in our basement. Um, I go move my body and I ask my kids to come do the exercises with me as much as they can. Oh, I love that. I love that. I, I actually cha- recently changed my, and I'm sorry to the podcast audience who may have already heard me say this, but I actually recently changed my meditation practice. I was doing it 
in the mornings, right? Cause that's mm-hmm. when I felt more energized. And then throughout the school year, I noticed that if the kids got into the car and they were, you know, they, they have days like us too. They have lots of emotions and we're their safe spots. They tend to unload it. Mm-hmm. And especially with those nine and 10 year olds, um, who are, who their bodies are going through changes and they mm. sometimes express a little bit different. I found myself at, when I'm picking them up at three o'clock, I found myself with less of a rope to give them. Mm. I didn't have as much patience at the end of my day for them when they actually needed me more. So what I noticed and what I shifted about myself was I then blocked off my calendar from two until three every day. And that's my quiet time, my meditation time, my, if I, you know, like want to pull cards or whatever I need to do for myself, because then my cup is, is I'm, I walk in getting them from school, right. On a high note, like I'm, I'm feeling good. And then what I've made sure I do is after I get them, I don't touch my phone for at minimum an hour after I've gotten them to just stay really present on them. Homework helps, snacks. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and that was not something I always did, but I think that's like where flow and flexibility and adaptability kind of comes in. Absolutely. That's you tuning into what feels good to me. What's going to help me, not some guru has told me that I have to wake up at 5am and meditate till six. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because let let me tell you, I'm not a a. 5am person. (laughs) I am not. Neither am I. And I'm also not a night person either. So sometimes, you know, sometimes I wake up naturally and and I'm like, all right, let's get this day going. And other times I struggle to get out of bed. So not every day looks the same for me either. Yeah. And I'm also a big fan of journaling. I journal a lot, especially on days that I feel really down and it doesn't feel like I can get out of that feeling down Mm -hmm. and gray. Yeah. I just have to dump out whatever it is that I'm telling myself on that day out onto paper. Yes. And what I find happening is that once all of that is out, then my higher self starts to step in and come through my pen. Mm. Like everything is going to be okay. You've got this. You're just taking it one step at a time. I love you so much, you know? Yeah. So journaling for me helps, really helps. Just it's an outlet for me to get all my negative thoughts out so then I can hear my higher self. Do you sometimes feel, I'm, I'm a big journaler too. Do you sometimes feel that when you're journaling and you get all that negative stuff out that you're able to look at in a new lens and be like, okay, I don't really believe that. Yes. Yes. 100%. Like it's just a passing moment. It's a a passing emotion or feeling, but in in your core self doesn't feel that on a daily basis or it's not a belief of yours about yourself or what you're feeling. And another thing that I really found helpful is it doesn't happen all the time. But one time I was, I just finished meditating and my six-year-old had walked in and I was feeling especially down that day. And he came and gave me a hug and I started crying. Mm. And, you know, as parents, I think we want to hide our true feelings and promote this exterior of I've got it all together. I'm super strong because we're so worried about upsetting our kids. Right. But I'm totally comfortable with my kids seeing my tears because I want them to know that mom's upset today. Yeah. And my six-year-old, he just sat there with me, holding my hand, hugging me. He didn't try to say a word to fix it. And that made me cry even more. But he goes, it's okay, mommy. And he just sat there. And I was like, this is the most beautiful moment I've had with him, you know? Yeah. And you will forever remember that moment too. Like it's going to be one of those that goes down in your mom banks as like top five favorite moments. 
Absolutely. And to him, he knows it's okay to cry. Yes. Our emotions out. It's not a terrible thing. Yeah. My kids, I'm, I'm one of those people who sometimes my outlet is crying. Mm-hmm. So I'll laugh so hard until I cry. Right. So that, but on the extreme <laughs> opposite, sometimes I'm frustrated and my frustration comes out in tears. And I think my girls know that about me because they'll be like, mommy, are you crying? And I, and I just say, yeah, I'm just really frustrated right now. Mm. So, they, so they know why, but I think especially my older now knows that that's just, it's just one way for me to release. It's not how she releases though. Right. It's like, we've kind of talked about it. I'm like, you're, you release your emotions differently. I was like, this is just how I do mine. Sometimes I just need five minutes to cry it out and I'm good. (laughs) I just let me go. But I I love that you're teaching, especially your sons that too, because Mm. I I think that for many, many boys and men, they're taught to repress those emotions and it's not okay to cry. It's not okay. You know, all this masculine energy, it's not okay to do this. And then when a mother especially shows them like, yes, it's okay to cry. It's okay to tune into your emotions. It's okay to be empathetic. In fact, let's embrace empathy that's powerful. Yeah. I, I really show my boys that it's okay to cry and I don't try to fix it. I think sometimes as moms, we can be fixes. Like what can I do to take this pain away? Right. right? right. And I don't do that. I just sit with them until they feel better because there's no, I don't rush them to get their mm. feelings out. Yeah. And I think the same needs to be applied for us. It's like, whatever it is you're feeling in this given day, week, month, as we go through this period, you just have to be patient with yourself and experience those feelings. When you actually experience whatever it is you're feeling, you actually then release it instead of getting it stuck in your body. Mm, I love that. That's so true. And for some right now, with so much going on, jobs closing, I mean, people just, we really are in this time of unknowing. Mm-hmm. And for some, it has already felt for a long time that they can never get ahead, that life is this mm. uphill struggle and they can see other people getting ahead more quickly, or they may just be more organized within life. What advice would you give to those who are feeling this way? I think always starts with self-compassion and self-love. I know that that doesn't feel like a quick fix answer, but anytime we are judging ourselves and comparing ourselves, it does not set us up for success or the way forward, even though that might've been programmed within you. And that might be your normal method of operation now is, the perfect time to start learning to love where Mm. you are in life right now. I think self, you know, we are all about being compassionate to the healthcare workers that are out there. We're all about helping the local businesses. Like we're looking outside of ourselves and being compassionate to others, but how compassionate and kind are you being to yourself in this moment? Mm. Do you think you can have self-love without self-compassion? No, I don't yeah. think so. They go hand in hand, huh? Yeah. You know, no. yeah, I think it's, and I, I think we, we sometimes overlook that. Like, oh, I, I really love myself. But then we are saying these, we're not speaking to ourselves very nicely, right? So it's like, right. oh, I'm such a terrible mom or worst mom ever, you know, whatever it may be. We don't even realize that our own inner dialogue isn't actually very self-compassionate. Yeah. And I heard this beautiful quote today where it said, you know, we often expect situations to change outside of us, but what we don't realize is that we need to change within so that the situation outside changes. I'm butchering the quote, 
Um, but it just made so much sense to me is that we keep waiting for things to change outside of us and we don't want ourselves, we don't want to change ourselves, but it's actually mm. the, the challenge has been given to us so that we can change. Yeah. You got to step up, yep. step up and lean in, <laughs> lean into yourself. This period of discomfort is yeah. given to us as a gift. And I know if you're experiencing hard times, it does not feel that way. And my heart goes out to you, mm. but the only way forward, the only way you can actually make lemonade out of this is to lean in, is to experience the discomfort, is to ask yourself, like, this is a fresh start. How can I, you know, change the narrative going forward? Right. Let's talk about law of attraction. I think this is a topic that some people still get a little confused on because they think like, oh, let me just manifest something. If I write it down, it's going to happen, right? <laughs> like it's, it's sure to happen. How can people better understand how law of attraction works? I think of law of attraction as a dance co-creation. So the universe wants you to first step up and show that you're serious. You have skin in the game in order to manifest something. Mm. And so you know, what action are you taking? So for instance, like one of my biggest things that I want to manifest is like a first class trip for my entire family to Bora Bora, right? I don't know when that's going to happen, but I've already like, I know exactly where I'm going to be staying at. I've looked at the amount of money it's going to take. So what, what do I have to save? I've done all of that pre-work. So I know what is the goal that I need to save up for. And so then now I have to put the action into place through my business. Right. Right. I don't know the exact details of when all of this is going to happen, but I know there'll come a time and place when everything lines up and I'm going to go to Bora Bora. So for me, the decision has already been made inside my mind. Like it's right. happening. That's already been communicated to the universe. Mm -hmm. And so now there is certain, I don't have all the how, but that's part of the job for the universe. Right. Right. So it's, it's a co-creation and it's not just about me sitting around going, when is Bora Bora going to show up at my door? It doesn't work that way. Yeah. But can I dream about it every day? Absolutely. Can I pretend like I'm walking on the beach and pretend my, you know, my beach house? Yes, absolutely. And I do that in my meditation, my visualizations. Mm. Do you think that law of attraction can still happen if there are fears attached to it? So let's say I'm sitting here right now and I'm like, oh, I really want to live in a big mansion, right? So I'm sure there's someone right now who's, who's picturing this, not really me, but, um, and, but their subconscious mind is like, well, how will you pay for it? Who's going to clean that? Mm. Uh, is all of your family going to move in with you? And so there are these subconscious fears. Does that mean that that's not actually something that we really want to manifest because we have so many fears attached to them? I would say it's a sign that you need to work through all that. So your desire shouldn't be doubted, mm -hmm. but I think all the other stories that you tell yourself need to be questioned and cleared up. So who told you that if you have a big house that you need to have extended family members come live with you, right? right. Who told you that it's not nice to not share? Like, where did you learn that, that it makes you a greedy person to have all of the space and not share it with others? Right. Like that is the belief that you need to clear up and reframe it, that it's okay to have all of this luxury and be able to receive, right? A lot of people, I think when it comes to law of attraction, are very scared of receiving. Yeah. Like they're not able to receive openly. There's a lot of judgment attached to receiving um, abundantly. 
So we need to look at what is holding you back from receiving abundantly. Who told you it was a bad thing or who told you you were going to be judged, right? Fear of judgment is huge for people. Mm. So I always say, you know, law of attraction is a great way to start clearing up all of these subconscious and unconscious beliefs that you have that's blocking you from getting you to the thing that you want. Mm. Do you have any type of journal prompts or anything that you you know, advise people to do to kind of rewrite their beliefs and get clear on that? I always start with what do you want, right? I think a lot of us are very unclear on what it is we want. We know what we don't want. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to feel this way. Okay. Yeah. Well, what do you want to feel? Let's right. Right. So you know, if you want a mansion, like how many square feet do you want it to be? Like, what do you want your bedroom to look like, your kitchen to look like, your garden to look like? Um, so always start with what do you want? And then, you know, as you write that, you're going to have a lot of doubts come up mm-hmm. about how can I afford this? There's no way this is going to happen. So then you write out every single one of your, you know, what we call limiting beliefs that tells you you can't have that dream. Right. And then I would examine each and every single one of those beliefs. I mean, it's, it's work. Like yeah. this journaling business, it's work. Yeah. But it, anything worthwhile having takes work. And I would rather do the inner work then get myself burnt out doing just the external work. Yeah. And I think it's important to denote that where a lot of people, I think, who, who really aren't on the journaling train <laughs> such as we are, is that there is so much power in writing it down and just getting it out of you. I once did an entire exercise on my beliefs about men. And, mm-hmm. of course, it was good beliefs and bad beliefs, right? And, and I didn't even realize – any negative beliefs that I had. Like it was not a conscious thought, but when I started to like really dive into it, I was like, wow, I don't even want to have that Mm -hmm. belief. And you realize that in your core, that doesn't even sit well with you. And it almost motivated me to want to change that belief for myself, not Mm -hmm. for anyone else. And I think wanting to do it for yourself is is so strong and powerful because you can't do it for anyone else. That's where a lot of times I think people, I don't want to say fail, but that's where it can feel like failure to them because they don't have the right intention behind it. Absolutely. And, you know, going back to the example of having the mansion, like who do you know that lives in a mansion and how do you judge them? Ooh, If you tend to pass certain judgments about that person, then in technically you're passing that judgment on yourself when and if you get that mansion. Yeah. So those very judgments are the things that are acting against you from getting your desires. Ooh, that's some truth you just dropped right there. (laughs) (laughs) One way I didn't even think of looking at it, and that is so true. Yeah. And, And to see you know, take a step back and just see how you see that person because you're right. That is a reflection of yourself. Yeah. I mean, that happens. We all want more money, right? Then look at a person who has a lot of money, has a lot of wealth. So you judge them to be too greedy, too selfish. They probably got that money in not so honorable ways. Like what are the judgments you're passing against them? Right. 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 Oh my goodness. Yeah. I could think of so many. And, and then you, you flip the script and you're like, okay, now I have that money. Do I want people to be saying that about me? You know, like, yeah, yeah, it really makes you think. And that's, and then you stop judging the others. When you realize that you immediately, you stop judging others. You're like, wait, wow. (laughs) The judgment actually stops you from receiving the very thing you want. Mm, And that's so important, especially, I mean, it's important 
all the time, pandemic or not. Mm -hmm. I feel, especially as we're going through this, there is so many judgments on people of, well, you should be staying home. And, you know, I mean, there's, I see, I can't even get on Facebook anymore at this point because there's so much judgment without context even. Right. So, and it's, it's almost, uh, it brings you down. It brings just your energetic vibration down to not be, you know, on your newsfeed and seeing so many uplifting things, but instead be just hammered with negative things. Yeah. We stopped listening to the news in our house. Like yep. you know, my dad thinks we're crazy for not listening to the news, but I'm like, yeah. dad, it doesn't, it doesn't fill me with joy. So right? why would I listen to the news? Oh yeah. I feel you. I we stopped listening to the news years ago. I mean, like now, like we, like the other night, like the president was talking, right. And we could have streamed it on YouTube, but I was like, Oh, I'll just hit the key points when we're done. <laughs> exactly. I, I can't even <laughs> listen to the whole thing, but I noticed when we were even turning on our local news. My, it was when my oldest was probably probably five or six. Um, and the first couple news stories were like shooting, murdering, raping. Mm. And it was like, wow, I'm watching the local news with my child. Like I can't even watch this around my child because it is so terrible. What about the good stories that happened today? Are they not newsworthy? You know, I know so. we see such few uplifting stories. So, I mean, the news isn't really the news anymore. The news is, you know, it's fear mongering. That's what right. I feel it to be. So we haven't listened to the news in years. In our yeah. Oh, I love that we're aligned on that because we are aligned on so many things. I know. <laughs> I love it. Mac knew what he was doing when he connected us. That's for sure. You know, like, now it doesn't happen every day, but I get, I try and get my kids all as a family. We all try to meditate five to 10 minutes. In the evening, oh, right I love bedtime. that. I yeah. love that. How are you doing that with your kids? I'm intrigued to know. So my husband has Headspace, which is they have six to seven, you know, minute short meditations. Yeah. And my son, my six-year-old will sit on my lap while we meditate. And he loves it when he puts out his hand, one of his hands, and he'll spread out his fingers. Mm. And I will use my pointer finger and trace around his entire fingers in his hand. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like as though I'm drawing on a piece of paper, but I'm not. Right. Um, that helps him focus and just watch me tracing his fingers. Interesting. As he meditate because he needs something for him to keep him still. Um, so the meditation is on in the background and then my nine-year-old is actually the harder one. He will, he's a shuffler, like he yeah. but he knows like when mom and dad put that meditation on, it's a short seven minutes. You just got to sit through it. Mm. Yeah. I like, I like it. Yeah. My kids, um, it's so funny. They know a couple chants mm -hmm. and like every so often they'll just like start doing like these like chants at the dinner table. And I'm like, I wonder what, what people would think like who have never heard a chant before. Like, what are you teaching your kids? But I noticed that my youngest will just start doing it while she's playing with Barbies. That's and awesome. Isn't it cool? And like, they don't even, I don't think, well, I, I know she's not conscious of what it means or anything like that. But I'm like, yeah, girl, keep going. Part of, part of her soul. It just needed to chant yeah. that in that moment. She right. Lets it out. She doesn't judge. She just how, Yeah. How cool. And I know for our listeners, you, you mentioned Headspace. One of our frequent podcast guests, who's a psychotherapist, Sheryl Turner, she actually writes meditations for Headspace and Calm. So I'm sure your family's probably heard at least one of hers, but for anyone listening, um, those are really great apps and resources to get started on. 
There's um, so many different meditation apps. Yes. Wonderful. So many good ones. We actually also just started to keep our bodies moving. And we actually did this. It's so funny that I feel like we have to say like pre-pandemic now. Nothing <laughs> I, thought I would ever say in my that lifetime, was, right? Like That was before the pandemic and then after the pandemic. Yes, like right now we're still in that in between. But pre-pandemic, um, we, we rolled out our yoga mats. And even on YouTube, they have this really cool kids yoga. And it's not yoga like adults would do it. It's actually story time yoga. And it's, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 minutes long. And the woman just like takes you through like these really cool stories and has a green screen behind her. So it's very interactive, but you're, you're moving and using your body and being mindful while doing it. So, um, also a really cool, cool source to check out. Maybe your, your youngest son might like something like that too. Well, I do Beachbody, which is an app and that they have met, they have yoga and it's all for grownups, right? But I have found him where he's turned on the yoga and he's done the whole thing by himself. That's so cool. (laughs) He's so woke. He already knows. (laughs) I I do think like that generation is just going to be so much more enlightened. Like, I think that we are giving them more tools than what we had as far as healing and self-awareness and connecting with your body and connecting with source and various ways that maybe weren't available for you and I as children. Absolutely. And I'm so proud of that, that we get to be that mom that introduces them to all of these amazing ideas. And, you know, I talk to my kids all the time about law of attraction, anytime they want something. And I'm like, well, first put it out to the universe. Feel the feelings as though you already have it and then start brainstorming on how can you make it happen. Yes. Yeah. Because you have to have um, intentional action to follow up with it as well. Absolutely. So they talk about the law of attraction all the time. Like yesterday, we did a big drive around um, the Kenwood area here in D.C. to go take a look at the cherry blossoms. Mm. And funnily enough, you know, it was so much traffic because everyone's trying to do the driving route. And we were lucky enough to be able to take a ride into the neighborhood. And we did, you know, about 20 minutes of driving. And after we exited and we were going home, we realized the police had blocked off all entrances to the neighborhood. Wow. And I was so happy that we made it in time to, you know, so that we didn't miss out. And so I went, thank you, universe. And I yelled it really loud in the car. And my son's like, you are so (laughs) (laughs) You're like, hey, I'm just practicing what I preach. (laughs) I love it so much, Lisa. I know our audience is just going to want more of you in their lives. Where can they go to connect with you further? Well, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me under my name, Visa Shanmugam. So I am Visa, like the credit card. And uh, Visa Shanmugam, you can find me on Instagram under the same handle, Visa Shanmugam. And my website is www.visalakshi.com. And, oh, I forgot. I actually have a Facebook group called Soulful Success. So it's spelled S-O-U-L-F-U-L-L. Okay. Um, Soulful Success. And I'm actually doing 30 days of certainty during uncertain times. And so I have a lot of like guests coming. So today, I mean, I know by the time your listeners listen to it, it'll be done. But today I have an expert on Qigong, right? Which is very slow, deliberate movements to get the energy flowing through your body. Oh. The other day we had somebody come and do a sound bath virtually in the group. How and cool. So many people watched it and benefited from it. So yeah, I'm doing 30 continuous days of where I will either show up live and do something to help you feel certain, even if it's only for a few minutes during these uncertain times. 
Oh, I love that so much. I will be sure to link all of that in this week's episode notes. Lisa, thank you so much for sharing with us today. The information has been valuable and relevant, especially at a time like this, but your light has just shined and has made my entire day so much better. It takes one to know one. I was just thinking the exact same thing, that just this one chat has brightened up my entire day. And you said it, just as I was thinking it, you said it. (laughs) (laughs) See, we're feeling it. We're feeling it. Thank you again so much. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure. I'm going to be real. On the day that we recorded this episode, I wasn't feeling the most optimistic in life in general. But after my call with Visa, my entire energy changed. I truly needed it. Energy is contagious, which is why it's so important to surround yourself with people who lift you up and not bring you down. I've linked Visa's website and social channels on this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. If you enjoyed this week's episode, let me know. Share your feedback on social media. I'm everywhere at MindBizLife. And of course, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I'll see you back here on Friday for another episode of Fuel Your Life Friday. But until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.